0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Terror, brought to you by the Terrorism and Extremism Research Centre here at the University of East London. This interview was recorded on October 25th at approximately 3pm GMT. So obviously, if there are any big events that happen in the time afterwards, we are unable to cover them in the interview. As always, if you want to have further information about the Centre and what we do here, go to our website, uel.ac.uk slash teorc and follow us on Twitter at teorcuel. Tweet at us with the hashtag Talking Terror if you have any feedback about this or any other episodes. And be sure to read up about the research we do here, our upcoming book series with IB Taurus and so much more. Okay, enough of our own self-promotion. It's time to to talk to today's guest. It's my great honor to introduce uh, my former PhD supervisor, uh, Dr. John Horgan of Georgia State University. John is a distinguished university professor at the Global Studies Institute and Department of Psychology at Georgia State. He has a PhD in applied psychology and his research focuses on understanding psychological qualities of the pathways into, through and out of terrorist behavior. His work, as many of you know, is widely published with books, including The Psychology of Terrorism, Divided We Stand, Walking Away from Terrorism, Leaving Terrorism Behind and Terrorism Studies, a reader. Uh, In 2017, he became editor of the journal Terrorism and Political Violence and serves on the editorial boards of several further journals including legal and criminal psychology studies in conflict and terrorism and journal of strategic studies he's a member of the research working group of the fbi's national center for the analysis of violent crime and has held positions at university of massachusetts lowell penn state university uh, and university of saint andrews john's research is featured in Venues outside of academia, including the New York Times, Foreign Affairs, Vice News, CNN, Rolling Stones, although he's disappointed he wasn't the cover star for that episode, (laughs) Nature, Scientific American and the Chronicle of Higher Education. John, we've nearly wasted the whole podcast introducing you here. You now. know,
1: all right. And, and, and you're right. And, you know, I, I remember that Rolling Stone article. Um, I think it, it, I remember it, it really pissed off a lot of people yeah. because I said something that now we we take for granted that, you know, hey, radicalization doesn't just sort of happen on the Internet, you know. And and uh, anyway, so yeah. anyway Sorry. Yes. Hi.
0: <laughs> Good to be here. I I was thinking in the lead up to this uh, if I had been told in back when you, you were supervising my masters that one day I'd be interviewing you, I would have thinking that <laughs> your career had gone horribly wrong at this stage. But no, it's
1: plenty it's, of time and opportunity left for that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. And good. you? Yeah. good i'm good yeah 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 um i'm um, um, fabulous thing you're doing with these podcasts it's oh, uh,
0: it's great so thanks for having me on no worries no worries it was it was uh it was great to hear that you were able to do it so i'll now that we've gotten the the idle banter and pleasantries out of the way i'll get <laughs> get on to the the formal interview now i suppose sure So same as with everyone that i've asked how did you get involved in this this area of research
1: um i think I, I kind of fell into it i mean really there, there was no you know there was no set plan i didn't really set out to, to to do terrorism research um someone someone that you will know and 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 many of of your listeners will know as well is uh, max taylor and um when i was a um a psychology student at uh, ucc university college cork um i kind of didn't really have much of a clue of what I wanted to do. Um, you know, growing up in Ireland, um, um, I had always wanted to be a soldier. I, You know, I'd, I'd been really drawn to that, attracted to it, um, failed the medical, uh, couldn't get into that. So I went to university almost out of, out of just, I had this sort of begrudged uh, uh, chip on my shoulder. I thought, well, OK, let's go and let's let's try this university thing and see how it works out. And um, took a few courses in psychology and was immediately hooked i thought wow this this subject is 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 everything i wanted to do but never realized i wanted to do it and um one of my professors in in in, in the psychology program was of course max taylor and i didn't know anything about max didn't certainly had no clue that um he was doing research on terrorism, or that there was something called a psychology of terrorism. Mm-hmm. And to make a long story short, he would he would come into our social psychology class. I think it was a second year um, it was a second year uh, undergraduate introductory course, and um, he would, he would never be prepared. <laughs> he, he would always just walk walk in looking like he 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 didn't really want to be there and and looking like he had come from something important and um you know but 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 every every principle every concept in social psychology max wanted to teach us about he would he would illustrate with a terrorism example and so that's that's kind of how i got my my start in it and um, i was i was blown away i mean i couldn't quite remember what I was more impressed by, you know, these ideas from social psychology that, you know, you don't have to be you don't have to be crazy to do crazy things. I mean, I remember where I was the first time I, I, I came across that idea and I was I was floored. I thought this is this is completely changing the way I think about the world. And the fact that Max used terrorism examples, he would talk about the IRA, he would talk about the Bader meinhof uh, group. Um, uh i think that was the hook and um, and it wasn't just a once off you know he would come in and week after week after week i mean we were essentially getting a social psychology of terrorism class and um, i'm not sure what my 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 uh, friends and classmates thought but i was i was absolutely hooked and i thought um, uh, i don't know what i can do with this i don't know where i can take it but this is something i want to explore further and um that really was the catalyst and was he using
0: uh the terrorist and fanatics as core reading for this
1: yeah he would walk in with uh, a copy of this uh, I, I distinctly remember it had a um, a wonderfully bright red cover this is max's uh first book the terrorist mm. And he would walk in with the book under his uh, under his arm, and I thought, great, we're gonna we're gonna hear <laughs> we're gonna hear more terrorism today. Right. And uh, and he would open it up and 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 read uh, from it. I, it sounds like I'm doing Max a terrible disservice when I say this, but uh, I'm not. I mean, it was. I remember just being electrified by what he had to say, and. Uh, and, uh, and I never, you know, I never thought that university could be that stimulating or exciting or in, in my case, you know, I mean, life changing.
0: And what was it about that book in particular? Because you have picked that as one of the, the most influential on in your career, uh, The Terrorist. Um, like you can see, published in 1988, but you can see in it he's introducing concepts like the process of terrorist involvement, which you have really developed out with alongside Max as well. And mm-hmm. um, you can see him engaging with this whole debate about uh psychopathy uh, uh, in relation to terrorists uh, to, in relation to terrorist involvement and um, so there's a broad ream of of topics that he's dealing with what was it that, that really hooked you or was it just that whole experience in class
1: i think there are two things that max really um uh was quite gifted at is quite gifted at uh, and, and really you know came out during that um at uh, that book and that it's and, and the terrorist you know the terrorist is a short book but mm. it is a it's a technical book it's a very competently written book it's it looks like it's edited to within an inch of its life so you know he doesn't he doesn't you know he doesn't beat around the bush um i think he captures the complexity of what terrorism is you know so there's a whole section in the book about well what what terrorism is and what it isn't and, 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 and some of the ways in which we ought to think about it, because if we think about it in, in, in other ways, it's just not really going to get us anywhere. So so I think the, the idea that we can think about terrorism in different ways, and depending on what what rabbit hole we go down, that might have different implications. I mean, that's, that's quite a profound thing to, to illustrate. But the thing that really um, held my interest was the idea that extreme behavior can can come from almost nothing it can come from a very mundane place um, you know we can dispel with notions of, of, of evil or you know on the other end of the spectrum so psychopathy and, 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 and things like that but the idea that really it's about um, in the words of uh, uh, you know former Italian Red Brigadist Adriana Ferranda it's a thousand little steps hmm. And the idea that we can, hopefully, uh, we can we can we can we can identify those steps and ta- and get a glimpse at them, um, uh, and it allows us to really track and identify the development of something that um, we only ever see the end result of. And that that idea, it it just it, it just rocked my world. It blew my blew me away. And. Uh, and it's something I've been, I think, obsessed with ever since. And you can see the influence of Max from that
0: time in UCC. Like you've got, obviously, you, you've you gone on to, to make a career uh, looking at analyzing psychology of terrorism. But not just you. You've got Andrew Silk, Kieran Sarma. And then from later on, you've got Orla Lynch, Lorraine Bowman-Grees. Uh, my career as well was shaped by Max's teaching uh, to you. And there, there's a broad school there. But one of the things that you've always said to me and i'm in complete agreement with is outside of that sort of cork brigade max max doesn't get the credit he deserves he doesn't get as cited as much as as other as, as others from that generation and um, no that's
1: true i mean and and i think gosh i mean that, that 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 i think that's a problem that is endemic in terrorism studies broadly i mean i see this all the time where you know, supposedly new things, or new concepts, or new ideas, or, or or previously unexplored issues are brought to the fore, and I and I think to myself, well, actually, no, you're you know you're not the first person to talk about this. This has been done, and 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 it's something that a fairly comprehensive lit review would <laughs> would illustrate if you took the time to do it. Um, I think Max was ahead of the curve, um, and and he's someone who you know really deeply thought about and engaged with these ideas. And um, and that's not to say that we don't have people like that anymore. Um, I think you know all of us from the the so-called Max Taylor stable. You know, on one level, I think we're all still trying to impress Max. We're all, st- we're all still trying to sort of say, hey, listen, you know, I get it. I, I get some of the important things you you taught me about. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Max was the first to say, I think, that psychology really has something quite important to say about the terrorist, hmm. and, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that he hasn't gotten credit. I mean, I think it, it's, a, it's an indictment of, of people who do terrorist psychology and don't do their homework on, on, on one level, but... Um, look at all that he has influenced i mean you know you me andrew as you say i mean there, you know there's, there's a whole bunch of us that are um on one level i think struggling to 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 sort of you know make our own unique contribution you know we still you know max cast a fairly long shadow and, uh, yeah. um, and some of the ideas that 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 he talked about in another world you know back in the 80s i mean um uh you know have influenced me and i still struggle with those things so uh
0: and even today he's bringing forward like new concepts to be able to apply to terrorism like you can think of his his book on affordance for example like yeah and 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 and
1: and and i and i would i i bet you john you know you know maybe uh, uh, hopefully max doesn't hear this i bet you maybe you know 50 people read that book Mm. But 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 it is a um, it's an it's it's a very um, conceptually rich and and very sophisticated book that that almost nobody will read because they won't they won't have any sense of what he's talking. Uh, it, about. It's a challenging
0: book, but I think it's a really it is, important book, and it's it's doing the thing that so many people are saying isn't being done in terrorism research it's not breaking new ground it's breaking new ground where others haven't
1: correct and 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 so i see that as 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 you know max taylor is still pushing forward the field of terrorism studies Um, uh, it may not have the immediate uh, impact you see in terms of exposure and popularity and publicity but those are all of the things that um i think in, in some ways you know drag terrorism studies to the depths yeah. um, um because you know max's work isn't superficial it, it, it's it's you know he's he's doing some still doing some great things so yeah more power to him yeah and
0: if you want to hear in depth from max obviously there was the earlier podcast in this series from max so uh go back and listen to that for anyone who hasn't listened to it and you get a great insight into his research and how he applies uh how we apply psychology to our understanding of terrorism research and you really started your career then in ucc and i remember doing the master msc in forensic psychology sitting down for psychology of terrorism uh, lectures from you and rather than putting rather than published readings we were getting we were uh we were getting proofs of the psychology of terror from your own (laughs) book it was basically we were your editors i think yeah yeah each each lecture had a different chapter on that it was just before i i
1: I either apologize or or, or, no it was brilliant It's, it's it's a
0: it was a great book and still is and uh but then you moved on to uh university of saint andrews where as as our careers uh went on to do i followed you and um you, there was someone else there that was had a great influence even before you went to St. Andrews, and that was Paul Wilkinson. And you've picked um, picked one of his books uh, written uh, with Alistair Stewart's contemporary research on terrorism, published in nineteen eighty seven, an edited collection. Why did you why was it this book that you that you picked? Um, as in... uh, that
1: was a, um, um, I remember at the time, you know, uh, so this would have been when I was doing my undergraduate degree would have been early 1990s mm-hmm. and, uh, and I remember, you know, distinctly trying to find more research on terrorism and um, there wasn't there wasn't an awful lot out there. you know, there were the, the two main journals, terrorism and political violence and studies in conflict and terrorism. And, you know, back in the day, it wasn't really that difficult to do what then would have been, you know, comprehensive lit reviews or surveys, you know, because it was pretty, pretty self-contained. But I remember I I remember in the in the in the library, UCC library, I came across this this ginormous book and um, and I remember just being completely intimidated by it, thinking, wow, you know, gosh, in my naivety, I looked at it and thought, well, well, if there's a book like this, surely you know, everything that needs to be said about terrorism has already been said. And and I dived in and um, uh, I, I, you know, I got this amazing impression that, um, excuse me, terrorism really was this subject that lots of different kinds of scholars look at. You know, there were chapters in there from criminologists and historians and anthropologists and political scientists and you know, and Jerry Post, the uh, the psychiatrist, had a chapter in there, which you know, I was I was drawn to that. Mm. Um, but I think it 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 gave me a very. Um, I just remember being very intimidated reading that book, thinking, this is this is some pretty serious stuff, and you know how 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 do I fit into this? And it obviously wasn't a question I could, I should have been trying to answer at the time, but I should have just, you know, read it and read it and read it and read it and tried to understand it. But it, it, it just drove home the fact that, you know, uh, as Walter Reich said, no one discipline is going to have the monopoly over the study of terrorism. And that book just really, uh, captured the, I think it's, it's probably impo- impossible to get that book anymore. I mean, it's surely out of print, but, um, I have a copy of it somewhere, but, um, uh, I, I came across it over a year ago and, and took it out and, and you know just flicked through it and uh, um, it, it's it's both a strength of the book and also I think a, um, a depressing reality of some of terrorism studies that you know what they got right back in 1986 1987 uh, I think it was a, it was from a conference proceedings actually mm-hmm. that book came um, in some ways we're still having the same debates okay yeah you know we get ourselves locked into discussions about, about terrorism and the psychology of terrorism and methods and things like that. But, um, it was, uh, it's the kind of scholarship you don't really see too, too much of these days in the study of terrorism. Um, I mean, I've got all kinds of thoughts about, about the field right now, but that was a, that was a very richly detailed book and, um, you don't see, too many of them in terms of you know tackling the the conceptual issues like that anymore
0: yeah it's uh you were saying it's hard to come by i i tried to put a link up to all the research that we discuss here on, on the pod and the only link i could find for that was uh an amazon link where you could buy for like 300 quid or
1: something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, the, yeah and, and don't you know don't yeah uh, no, it's so, so, but yeah.
0: it's i think paul like the influence um goes beyond that book as well like if you look at the influence that paul has had on the field on the area
1: um, it's impossible to overstate yeah. uh you know i remember uh, uh, back when i was um, I, I i wrote an article on the ira on uh it was something like the ira's command structure and uh, you know it's was, it was a pretty simple article it's just about saying well this is this is what the ira uh, i think you know looks right. like based on all these primary source documents and whatnot anyway I, I wrote i mean i i you know this is this is i think email existed at the time but i certainly wasn't using it so i wrote a um a letter to paul wilkinson and i said um uh, listen you know look I'm, I'm 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 new i'm just a student uh but i would be you know here here's the draft of this piece you know might the journal be interested in considering it and uh uh, to my to my great surprise um, uh, and and thrill, you know, he wrote back to me within a couple of weeks, and it was this. Um, I'll never forget it. I mean, it was this, this very encouraging letter saying, uh, you know, thank you for considering the journal. Yes, we'll we'll push it out. We can't guarantee anything. You know, it's up to the reviewers. Yeah. But um, he just added this 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 long piece, where he said. Um, you know, it warms my heart that, that you're you're looking at terrorism and, 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 and you know and keep it up and we need more researchers. And and to a to a to a, a, a young, naive, wet behind the year student who didn't really know what he was doing at the time, I mean, I, I just I it, it's impossible to overstate the, the role that something like that plays. I mean I, I took that letter, I kept it and um, uh, and it was it was just so encouraging, and I was always grateful to Paul for uh, uh, for doing that.
0: Yeah, no, and he he influenced a great number of people, uh, both through his individual work, but also in uh, in St Andrews through the CSTPV as well. And actually, when oh, you, no doubt, yeah. no
1: doubt, and 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 uh, and he was such a great guy. I mean, you know, I I still miss him. I think back very very fondly to discussions i would have with him both at cstbv and also just in his uh his front living room in crail
0: yeah and i like you talked about max coming in unorganized for lectures i remember sitting in on a lecture of his when i was in the first year of my phd and it was just him coming up sitting down and telling a story for an hour and a half <laughs> and it was just fascinating it was absolutely yeah. fascinating don't know whether there was structure to the story <laughs> but it was it was great. probably not but yeah exactly yeah so Obviously, your early career, and we're we're going to get onto your own research in a bit, it was, as you said, focused on, on the IRA. What exactly was your PhD dissertation about for listeners who don't know?
1: PhD was sort of a, 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 a combination of things. I mean, I wanted to do, I remember distinctly thinking, you know, I wanted to do something that brought together... Um, uh, a terrorism and psychology, and uh, and in the end, I ended up sort of almost shoehorning the psychology in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I had been I had been I had been bugging Max, you know, for a couple of years at this point to take me on as a PhD student, and 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 uh, you know, Max at the time, I think he was trying to do me a favor. He said, "Listen, I, I'm not sure this terrorism stuff's going anywhere. You know, why don't you why don't you think about <laughs> just being a normal psychologist and doing something else?" And I thought, well. Okay, uh, but I'm I just I'm I'm fascinated by this, and um, and in the background of all of these discussions, of course, the Irish peace process was was starting to, you know, find its feet, and we had the ceasefires. And I don't know where the idea came from. I mean, it, it could well have been from Max, but you know, we, we we sort of settled on this notion that well, the IRA as an organization and as a movement or whatever is undergoing some some interesting change right now and and wouldn't it be interesting to try to c- capture or characterize what that change might mean for for members for the for the mission for the movement yeah. for all of that and 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 we sort of started thinking about the IRA as as an organization you know and to think about organizational change and organizational difficulty and and you know I think at the time I didn't realize it at the time but I think I was doing uh, IO psychology um, um, but the the psychology of that, the psychology of how an organization maintains focus, maintains discipline, and 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 the the driver for that was an interest in in fundraising. You know, how does a movement like the IRA raise and spend funds? How does it manage? perceptions internally and externally about the fact that it is deeply embedded in organized crime because you know for a movement that that, that really prided itself on on projecting this 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 noble revolutionary image mm-hmm. uh, they were they were steeped in extortion and racketeering and money laundering and um and i tried to to just sort of you know uh, see some of the rest of the iceberg as far as some of that stuff was concerned And and so it, it ended up coming together as this case studies of, 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 of organized crime activity that the IRA had engaged in, and then trying to explore the psychology of that from a, a group and organizational perspective. And that's then where essentially the, the psychology of terrorism book kind of grew out of to say that, listen, there's there's lots of different angles here, and it, it kind of goes way beyond the the, the terrorist personality stuff. And um, And so yeah
0: yeah and i suppose that's where playing the green card your articles on the financing came from as well and yeah so you there it's there you could draw a lot from that as well i'm gonna have to fast forward to it because i really want to get in in depth on the your own research that we've that we're going to focus on in the rest of the article but things obviously change the irish peace process um Mm -hmm. Drew a lot of researchers away from looking at Northern Ireland. Uh, The Lindenhall Library was emptying out quicker than it it (laughs) ever had before. And um, a lot of the focus post 9 11 came on Al Qaeda and groups like that. And now we've got a focus um, by a lot of terrorism researchers on ISIS. And you have picked uh, for your final uh, influential piece uh, Black Flags, the Rise of ISIS. Uh, published by Joby Warwick in 2015 what was yeah. it about this book in the re- in the past few years that has influenced the current stage of your career
1: so so you know i i've been a fan of joby warwick for years and you know i've, I've read all of his other books and um uh, and the triple agent you know was one that he wrote that 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 really um uh, you know sort of um, caught my eye but um his book on isis black flags was it was one of the it was one of the the more recent books I had read, you know, so I'd read, you know, Jessica Stern and Jay Berger's book. I'd read Hassan and Weiss's, and and you know, Roma Kant's um, uh, had a really really um, fascinating book on um, one particular aspect of ISIS. And all of these books were great. You know, they all have their own strengths. They all have their respective weaknesses. Um, uh, none, I would say, are you know necessarily better than the others. But um, Warwick's book. Um, I distinctly remember you know sitting down to read it and I, I read it in a single sitting I mean I, I may have gotten up to you know go to the bathroom but I read I remember starting and finishing it in the same day it took about 10 or 11 hours I was blown away by how well written it was and and it wasn't so much that the book was about Isis per se I mean i had been trying to get up to speed on Isis and to try to understand the origins and development of the movement um, but the fact that the book was so well written, um, I, I think, just made a profound impression on me. And and for the last few years, you know, I've been struggling with how to how to become a better writer, how to bring my research to bigger, broader audiences. And, you know, you sort of you, you experiment a little bit and you try some of that through the occasional op ed. And mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to get a good editor, you know, you can you can sort of you can learn by just diving in. Mm-hmm. But I've been I've been making a point of, of of reading far more than I normally would. I mean I'm a, I'm a, a voracious reader. I read anything, but um, um, increasingly I've been seeking out well written books and, and I knew that, you know, Warwick was going to do a well written book if nothing else. It's also, you know, tremendously informative and it's and it's great. But to this day, I mean I remember sentences and paragraphs from it and it's um, and it made me the, the lasting impression I came away with was, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to write this well ever. But I, this book is making me want to be a better writer, and 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 you know, and that's what I want to strive to. And um, and it's you know, it's something that is all academics. I think we we struggle with some some get it, and there are people who seem to be naturally talented at writing. But I have to I have to work hard for every sentence and (laughs) and paragraph so so when i read a book like warwick's i think there's there's craftsmanship here and um you know and how do i how do i learn from that how do i become a better writer and it's about i think it's about paying attention it's also about just just writing more and reading more but uh, i think it's about paying attention to what successful and good writers do and 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 he is he is up there
0: yeah i think that's important because it's you can do the best research possible, but if you can't get it onto the page and clearly demonstrate exactly what you did and what this is adding, it it really is losing the, the impact that it could possibly have. For
1: sure. And that's not to contradict the earlier point I made about, you know, that there are some deeply technical terrorism books out there, but they're not for a general audience. No. You know, those are for, in some ways those are for other serious research, not, not even other researchers. Those are for other really serious researchers, but, um, I think, you know, especially now in the times we live in, it's important to get some of these ideas to bigger, broader, more ambitious audiences. And the only way to to really do that is um, is to to be a better writer. Like I said, you know, I- impact and uh, impact isn't something we should always measure in in terms of popularity, yeah. because I think there's so much of of, of terrorism studies remains superficial. I think we've made great strides in recent years, but um, Uh, you know impact isn't about popularity nor you know it should never be yeah yeah if we're if we're
0: going to to aim for popularity then these these topics that might be seen to be dead that aren't modern day focus no one will study them and we gain a lot from from looking at the unpopular topics a lot of the time as well for sure 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 so moving on to your own research you've got three uh three pieces here that that you have highlighted as being your key piece of research here you could you had a lot to choose from here um but the first i want to focus on is is a piece from 2012 uh, it's entitled interviewing the terrorists reflections on fieldwork and implications for psychological research and um, so this is a real methodological piece it's telling your the lessons that you learned and about interviewing terrorists uh, across all aspects of the interview from organizing it to partaking in it etc what a what was your thought process in developing this what were you trying to achieve
1: with this article that's a good question i'm not entirely sure to be honest <clears throat> i i um i i had always thought that you know methods and and good methods lie at the heart of of good research on terrorism and that 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 matters irrespective of the discipline you're in and the perspective you bring to studying terrorism but good methods really distinguish you know the good from the bad and the ugly um, and uh, and in some ways you know I mean I've been writing about interviewing for a very very long time and um, but there have been sort of you know some of them went into some of those contributions went into book chapters not a lot of people read them some went into rather obscure journals so I thought well let me let me try to write a more updated piece and to try to make it a bit more comprehensive and to see if i can get a a discussion going i think that's um uh that that's the reason i chose these these articles in particular is because there was a there was a pointed reason for wanting to put a message out there to say listen we should be talking more about methods we should be uh uh," We should be reflecting more on on how we do things, where we succeed, where we fail, because there seems to be a lack of transparency in how interviews are being done. And uh, you know, so I would I would read all of these books, and 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 I would always be very very curious about about how researchers get access to their subjects. And some people write about it, and others don't. And I think there is a value to 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 making that known. There's a value to to documenting that because it gives us gives us a jumping-off point. It gives us a way of thinking. Well, okay, I could I could maybe try this the next time around for me or or, or whatever. But for the most part, you know, researchers reflecting on their methods, they talk about um, the sexy stories. They talk about you know doing these interviews in the dead of night. And I think well. <laughs> this 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 may sell books and it's it's interesting in and of itself but it's not really telling me a lot about how this comes about and, and and you know and and can I or someone 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 new coming up through the field think about interviews in a structured professional ethical sound way the only way that can happen is if we are, willing to document you know and and sort of capture some of the issues we think about so um, I don't think that led to the to discussion but uh, it got a few citations a few people read it for sure but I, I you know very often I write these things because I want to get them out there and uh, you know it's 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 hard to control who reads them or if anyone reads them but I thought this is a fair capture of all of the things that I think about um, when I do interviews. You know, I can't get enough interviews. I mean, I'm 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 always trying to get more. I'm always it's it's bad science to allow method to to dictate what you want to do. But for terror psychology, I think you know we 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 are we are in dire need of far more. Um, systematic uh, first person interviewing and we're not going to be able to do that if we don't talk about the process yeah
0: no i completely agree with you and you deal with some of the the key issues surrounding this and one of the issues that you that you talk about is is sampling um what like obviously if you're talking about it as a scientific method you want to be able to get the best type of sample as possible but when you're using say snowball sampling, for example, how can you how can you really get a, get a representative sample, or can you, is it achievable to get a
1: representative sample? I don't know that we necessarily can, but I think the point of the article was to say that listen, <clears throat> it, it, it it can be it's not it's not sort of a contradictory point to say, well we should hold terrorism studies to a high standard. We should hold it to the same Methodological and, and standards of rigor that that we associate with you know psychology, criminology, any of the social or other sciences, we may not be able to do that. We may not be able to do you know true experiments. We may not be able to do um, uh, to get you know the, the 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 conceptually sound control group. It doesn't mean we shouldn't try, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that we 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 shouldn't just in some cases be willing to accept what we can get as long as we acknowledge uh, and expressly, um, uh, you know, be clear about the the limitations, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think some researchers that I've spoken to, um, you know, behind closed doors, they would say, well, I don't want to talk about this, because it's not really, it's not really representative. So I'm, well, 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 that's, what have you got to fear? I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is science, this is, this is early days work. And um, I think that's why in recent years, some of the best terrorism research that's been out there has just done very relatively simple things that's not to say that it's not time consuming and it doesn't involve a huge amount of effort but what is being done and presented and captured is quite simple Mm. but those are the building blocks if we are to one day you know be able to have a true science of terrorist behavior we're not quite there yet Mm. but um, uh, yeah so you know so what snowball sampling is very often the best we can get there's nothing wrong with that but we have to be very clear about what it is and what it isn't
0: that's it it's it's this clarity it's so that people are able to read and go okay this is exactly what it is this is exactly what this sample is this is who is being talked to here and what we can actually take from this it's not saying that all of these interviews are representative of all terrorists or even all terrorists within this group. It's yeah. And it it
1: makes for, and I've seen this, um, I mean, I'm not going to sort of, you know, name names or name reports, but you know, we, we see this, I've seen this very recently in a couple of, you know, very big reports that have gotten a lot of press coverage. And, you know, and of course I'm always drawn to the methods and I see the method sections and I see, you know, I see coding or sampling and I look at it and I go, well, well, this is, this is wrong or this is fudged or this is this is you know not 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 characterized properly and it's almost like it's an embarrassment to, to researchers to not want to be very explicit about the limitations of their research that will damage what we're trying to do as as, as a field i think yeah. and um uh, and i i you know that's 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 not a good thing yeah no i agree and
0: you also make the point within the article as well that an interview on its own isn't isn't enough you have to be able to engage properly with it you need to be able to be prepared properly you need to conduct it in a systematic way and then be able to interpret it properly because an interview isn't just a sit-down chat you have to there, it has to be systematic in order to really gain from it.
1: Exactly, and I think you know we've gotten to this um, uh, we've gotten to this funny stage now where you know because interviews are still relatively rare, yeah. um, uh, there's an assumption that well we should we should maybe have more allowances. You know we should be w- more willing to overlook methodological shortcomings. And I go well, well no. I mean they may be rare, but they should still be held to the same um, uh, you know, levels of, of rigor and sophistication as we see with anything else. And so, um, I think my, my interest in talking about interviewing came from, from, you know, pretty steep learning curve I had to overcome. I mean, my, my, my early days, I think I've become a, a slightly more competent interviewer over the years, but uh, back in the early days, I mean, I really had no clue what I was doing and, uh, and I, and I wasn't able to understand at the time. That that you know, my interviewees were just running rings around me. They were essentially feeding me propaganda, but at the time, I didn't have the the skill or the knowledge or the wherewithal to to redirect that content onto something a bit more psychologically focused. And um, the only way to 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 really think about what we can learn from those experiences is just by making explicit the successes and the failures. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's you're you're completely right, and it's you. Like A number of our interviewees have referred to um, lessons that they've learned from articles like this and others. And one of the key lessons that they've learned from, from your writing about an interviewing comes with the simple wording of the question. So you would have said before, you gain a lot more from asking how someone became involved in a, in a terrorist group than why. Because you get from that why question about the, the propaganda from the group. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I've and I've 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 written you know I've written a lot of things about that you know that 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 key difference, and I and I use that in um, lectures and seminars and workshops I give to uh, uh, law enforcement and people like FBI, and I say. You know, listen. I'm not an interrogator. That, that that that's something that you may come across in your role in your job. But but I am an interviewer, and and an, in, an an interview is not just about an unstructured conversation. It's not about sitting down saying, "Well, tell me about your day." It's about careful planning. It's about choosing the questions. It's about um, it's about all of these things and more. And and that was that was a stark illustration for me that that changing one word instead of asking why did you become involved which is essentially it remains a largely unanswerable question and it's a a question of interpretation but how did you become involved and that 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 you know that in some ways i mean that kind of that was the segue into the, the 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 moving away from profiles to pathways to processes article that um asking the question in that way opens up a whole new set of arenas and avenues where people um, uh talk essentially about the, the 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 stepping stones
0: yeah and we'll move on to that profiles to pathways um article in just a second but i think before we finish up on this interviewing one i think another lesson that is essential for anyone looking at whether carrying out interviews or interpreting interview data is to understand the context in which the interview is taking place as well Mm. that this isn't taking place in an ether that people's responses are influenced in the context that they're surrounding like that's that's around them i'll never forget the very first interview i did for my phd um i was asking someone who's quite high up in republican Sinn fein and the topic of jerry adams arose and they kept on going on and on about his poor levels of Irish. And I was thinking, wow, this is really important to them. And this is obviously really important in their viewpoints of Adams and viewpoints of Sinn Féin and so on. But then you go and read the Belfast Telegraph that day and it was headline, uh, like front page news about Gerry Adams and his Irish language speaking. So they were influenced by the context of what was in the news that day. Right, well. right, right, right. So right. yeah, you always have to be aware of that context. So, yeah. Anyway, that's just my brief aside. But you meant you talk refer to that profiles to pathway roots to roots uh, paper which is the second one that we're going to focus on here of your own work what was it what did this um what did this article set out to do and um, what do you think the key lessons from it
1: are so, well, I think the, the key lesson for me this this was in fact you know after I read the Warwick book and I started to think back you know I thought there's a couple of things I've written that that I thought were were pretty that were pre- pretty decent pieces you know and I, I sort of wouldn't be ashamed to sort of pull them out and hold them up as 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 fairly decent pieces of work. The um, uh, profiles to pathways article. I wish I had written better because I think there's 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 a lot of ideas in there that I thought a lot about and uh, and and on one level, on one very basic level, it was about trying to convey the idea that language is very beguiling here. That you know we talk about um, we don't really talk about profiles in an explicit way anymore, but we do in a sort of an indirect way. But 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 if we shift the language from profiles to pathways and from you know, root causes to roots as in r o u t e s. The point of making those distinctions wasn't just to be a sort of a you know pedantic ac- academic. It was more to say that um, things open up. Mm-hmm. You know, opportunities open up to to get to get. I want to say better answers, richer answers, fuller answers, answers where there's far less ambiguity in terms of the the steps that comprise, you know, this the so-called radicalization process or whatever we call it. And um so it was an attempt really to just again another attempt to get a discussion going to say, hey, I think there's more to be had if we if we think about this in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Was a um, it was the paper came out in a, a, a special issue, which uh, was a special issue. I think, was sort of aimed at you know the next the next president, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm pretty positive nobody in the administration read that. But uh, you know, it it got a few citations over the years, and um, and I think it was a it was a, seemed to be a fairly decent piece. I yeah, so. no,
0: I think it's it's an excellent piece and it does get get some key messages across. It refers to what you have referred to oftentimes as uh, push and pull factors as well. It it talks about our, the fact that different factors can impact people at different stages of the terrorism process. Yeah,
1: it's something, you know, and it's it's it's, it's I, I think that was the, the first time that I really tried to grapple with the complexity of terrorism in, in a head-on way. You know, I mean, I've been because I think if you if you, if you really get it, if you really get how complicated this is, it can be overwhelming to the point of inaction, where you go, oh, you know what, oh, you know, fuck this, it's too complicated. I can't, I can't figure out how to express it. I can't figure out, you know, what the right metaphor ought to be to to convey the complexity of this pathway or whatever it is. And so this was this was a, an attempt to sort of say that um, we shouldn't shy away from the complexity. That 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 maybe maybe that's the result of of this kind of research. That that you know and, and and it doesn't really lend itself to simplifying it through these little metaphors or models and and they're not really models per se. You know, they're sort of they're they're metaphors and that's fine. Um, so, uh, I think that was my attempt to say, I can't shy away from it anymore. And, 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 you know, and now I'm thinking about it in another way. And, and in fact, coincidentally, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm in the midst of writing a piece right now, which is, it's that profiles to pathways piece, um, uh, version two, um, you know, it's, it's, it's different language. It's reflecting on that, but it's also saying, I think we need a, we need a, we fundamentally need a better, clearer language to characterize terrorist motivation yeah yeah and so this uh, this this newer piece hopefully will we'll, uh, we'll, will 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 pick up where that left off and um, when, uh, do a better
0: job when should we expect to see that out uh
1: well you can exp- i'm going to do something uncharacteristic in me you know i normally um i i have a tendency to play my cards pretty close to the chest so i'll go away and i'll write something and um and then you know i'll just push it out there but um I think what I'm going to do with this one is it's going to be finished by, by um, probably, I think, early December. I'm going to actually push it out there for input. So I'll, I'll, I'll send it to people and uh, it'll, it'll, it'll do the rounds. Uh, I don't know if that's going to screw up the uh, peer review process down the road, but um, I do want to, it's something that I do want to get um, expert input um, from from people on. Uh, it's going to be a few radicalization experts. Won't be happy with what I have to say, but uh, that's too bad. Okay, so what do
0: you think is the future of this concept of radicalization for us as terrorism researchers?
1: Short answer is, I don't know. I think I think the term radicalization is deeply problematic. Um, I think we still confuse radicalization and involvement in terrorism. And the fact that the former is used as a proxy for 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 the latter is it's not just problematic. I mean, it is it is conceptually wrong i think it's um it's it's not really theoretically very well informed um there are people out there who are you know seriously trying to grapple with the concept and um you know again not to sort of name names but i think uh, macaulay and moskalenko in their in the second edition of friction do a really really good job Mm -hmm. of of trying to capture that and um uh, although the key the key sort of takeaway from their book is that you know we cause as much radicalization as, as that which we're trying to study. So that's that's the that's the key takeaway that's often overlooked from their really important book. I think I think radicalization's been a bit of a red herring, to be honest. I mean, I think I think I'm very sympathetic to researchers who who acknowledge the difficulties of it and say, well, look, whatever we call it, we're still. It, we're trying to sort of capture and make sense of the process through which people turn to terrorism. Um, I just finished re- reading uh, the second of Mark Sageman's books uh, that that have come out this year, uh, *The Turn to Political Violence*, and and you know that's a uh, I think Mark won't mind me saying that's that's a clumsier term than radicalization, but I think it 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 it, it makes far greater sense to think of it like that. I think um, we have, I think radicalization has been a beguiling term. I think it's distracted us. I think it has, um, uh, I think it has closed off, (coughs) excuse me, it's closed off opportunities for us to really um, uh, answer some questions about that, that, that middle part of the, uh, of the, of the terrorism arc, if you like. So uh, I don't know what word will come in and, 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 and replace it, but um, uh, I think, I think radicalization as a concept is um it's 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 struggling yeah as it should
0: yeah and i think one of the the points you bring up in from profiles to pathway and it's something that's that's gone on through the whole of this this interview is that a lot of these metaphors are Based on little to no empirical support, as well.
1: Yeah, and 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 like I, I like I sort of keep saying that is fine. You know, there's a certain point um, to sort of clumsily paraphrase. Uh, I think it was um, uh, uh, Watson, John Watson, the psychologist. You know, there's a certain point in in the in the development of any scientific endeavor where where you have to be realistic and honest about where we are um it, there's nothing wrong with us embracing metaphors but the problem is uh, in as far as terrorism is concerned metaphors have a way of informing policy metaphors have a way of 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 being fed into arguments about what to do to prevent or counter terrorism and that's where i that that's where the rubber hits the road and that's where i have a real problem with researchers or 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 or, you know pundits using pretty superficial understandings of 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 this process or superficial characterizations of it at least um to push out policy recommendations and i go well that's 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 bullshit that's not what the process looks like in reality it's not report it's not supported by empirical research and that's as a result that's 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 little more than punditry and it's and it's irresponsible punditry at, at best
0: yeah and i actually i'm in this conversation i'm remembering i sent a message to you a few months ago i was writing a piece on the social psychology of radicalization saying who do you think are the key people uh, to bring in and you you recommended did to i me. answer that question you, you, you did <laughs> don't worry don't worry and okay. um, you mentioned to me the work of michael hogg who talks about uncertainty and i th- like reading that, and linked to kruglansky's stuff about the quest for significance as well that it's those kind of pieces can really can really give an insight as well and oftentimes say michael hogg stuff isn't based on a terrorist population per se it's looking at extremism uh, at ex- uh in broadly speaking um
1: well, true, but but I I gently push back on the quest for significance. Mm. I mean, I, I, I want to I want to understand it, and maybe that I just don't understand it well. Mm. But um, um, there are there are sort of models and metaphors out there that, that if you look at them closely, they're they're a little more than you know what what B. F. Skinner used to call explanatory fictions. So mm. If if the cause and the effect are the same thing, then then you're not actually explaining anything. Yeah. so if you know if oh you know uh, uh, Paul wants to join a terrorist group because he wants to feel significant and the result of that is that he feels significant well what what are you actually explaining here
0: yeah
1: and so um so so so, so this is a roundabout and clumsy way of saying um these issues and these critiques are 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 not new. I mean, this is the bread and butter of, of science. Yeah. Um, but 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 terrorism studies often seems to exist in this this parallel universe where we don't seem to or a lot of people don't seem to think that they should be held to those kinds of standards. The reason I, I keep pushing for psychology as a as a mainstream discipline to get involved in the study of terrorism is that we could we could make more progress in 10 years than we have in 40 years if we just got more people in the field uh, involved because yeah. um, uh, you know there aren't too many people there's there's Kruglansky, there's 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 Silk there's me there's you know but, but it's the same people over and over again and and. You know, I should be accused of, 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 of being, you know, at risk of being stagnant as much as anybody else, but um, we need fresh perspectives in here. And, and the reason I you know, very much liked uh, uh, Hogg's work is because the, certainly of all the times where I have really learned something new about terrorism, it's by looking outside of the terrorism studies literature. Yeah, it's about looking at perspectives from um, people who study other things and me thinking, "Oh, actually, I bet that would be useful in, in, in sort of you know, offering maybe a little bit of course correction on the radicalization debate or the de-radicalization work or whatever it is." And um, and we don't do that enough, you know. We we all we all talk the talk when it comes to interdisciplinary work, but it, to do that in reality is really fucking hard you know and i've i've been on interdisciplinary projects it's it's very 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 hard work but um that's where that's where true uh progression i think in the field comes from
0: yeah and this is similar to what neil ferguson was saying a few episodes ago when discussing his piece about drawing on our analysis of religious conversion motifs and seeing okay there's a huge history of that of the psychology of religious conversion behind us. What can we learn from that as well? That we shouldn't exactly. be we shouldn't be siloed in and saying we're terrorism researchers and we can own we have to in a way and listeners will be sick of me hearing this saying that there's often a a tendency to be reinventing the wheel and saying oh the terrorist population is so different we have to come up with something new to explain this
1: oh that can't be said enough john i mean and and it's it's something you know we do explicitly but it's also something we do we do implicitly and um, and we need to be clear about that because um you know sometimes you know I, i sort of anytime i see a new article about you know uh, profiles, uh, kind of, you know. Part of me goes, "Geez, here we go again." But, 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 I have to sort of, you know, get over that and, and and think, okay, well, why is this being done again? Is it that there's a new perspective here? Is there new data? It may well be that there's new researchers and they're coming to this. This is their first time uh, doing anything in terrorism research, so I understand why the 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 the, the draw might be there, but. Um, um, You know, again, yeah, it's it's uh, we we risk if we're not careful, I think we risk feeding the argument that that Sageman made a couple of years ago that, well, you know, maybe in some ways we are stagnant.
0: Okay, And moving on from that, then, and into your final piece, you you put forward the introduction for the recent special issue, uh, Psychology Mm. of Terrorism, a special issue of the American Psychologist that was just released in April of this year Um. What was it? Yeah, I, I presume when you're putting forward the introduction, you're putting forward the the whole the whole uh, special issue, and rightly so. Why, when you were approached, what did you want to achieve about uh, from this special issue?
1: Well, it started off. The seed of it was, you know, I i always wanted to do a. Um... I'd always wanted to try to find a platform where I could directly appeal to fellow psychologists and 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 and, and psychologists who weren't involved in the study of terrorism because you know they're it's just preaching to the choir for, for, for those people, and so it started when I was um, uh, working at uh, University of Massachusetts Lowell and um, my research assistant at the time Neil Shortland and I were throwing this idea back and forth and I said to him one day you know we should we should we should do this. And um, uh, you know, reached out to American psychologists, pitched the idea, and and, and in, in 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 some ways, you know, I mean, I I've been so deeply concerned about the fallout from the Hoffman report yeah. that I thought, well, if we don't if we don't if we don't address these issues head on, then then I think you know the the the, the psychology of terrorism will actually take a step backwards. and that's the last thing we need when you know it. It's one thing to go around in circles. It's another thing to actually take a step backwards. And um, and to their credit, American psychologists came back and said, actually, you know, this this we like it, and uh, uh, and and we think, you know, we should we should you know we should put this out there. So two and a half years later, it came out. And um, uh, my my role in this was simply to say, um, look. The reason that this is an area that is dominated by charlatans and snake oil salespeople is because is partly because as a discipline, psychology has almost nothing to say about the terrorist. That's a problem. And I you know I, I teach courses in terrorist psychology here at Georgia state and and uh, every single year I struggle to come up with a, a good explanation to my students as to why um, psychology hasn't really, you know, hasn't really sort of gotten on board with it. You know, it's still very much the purview of political science. I think that's the discipline that dominates the study of of, uh, terrorism, non-state terrorism. Um, At the same time, whenever something happens, you know, whenever there's a, a, a crisis, the questions that are asked are fundamentally psychological in nature. Who is this person? Why did they do it? And, and, you know oh so oh so now it's a woman or now it's a child does that mean there's a there's a shift in the so-called profile and blah 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 you don't have to be a psychologist to answer those kinds of questions but for 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 questions about decision making and, and personality and, and 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 all and and those interpersonal dynamics being a psychologist offers you, the theoretical, conceptual, and methodological tools to be able to to to, to say something sensible about that, mm-hmm. and um, the long I'm being terribly long-winded about no, this. No, it's perfect. Long and the short of it is that um, um, as a discipline, we are not engaged, mm-hmm. and we're not we're not supporting the study of terrorism at the graduate level, and that's a that's a real rate-limiting factor for the the growth of the field, and. Um, and it's something we really, really, really ought to be doing. You know, for the first time in, in, in uh it's got to be about 15 years, I'm teaching an undergraduate class this semester, and it's on terrorist psychology. And uh, I have a great bunch of students here, and, and they're very, very much engaged. But um, I think that's the level where we really need to be encouraging this more as a, as a viable field of study. Yeah. And, and so the American Psychologist was an attempt to just sort of stir up the nest a little bit to say, listen, um, you you know, it doesn't mean we're, we're, we're complicit, we're all complicit in the torture of suspects here, you know, we need a psychology of terrorism, we need the field to be engaged and and let's not throw the uh, the proverbial baby out with the uh, bathwater by focusing on the damage done by these uh these two psychologists at the cia
0: yeah and like you start off by saying this is a call for greater psychological engagement in this research but before we get into that you've you've referred to it there the hoffman report what exactly for our listeners who don't know about it what was the hoffman report about oh I'm so
1: uh, uh the, the hoffman report is essentially the the write-up of, of a uh, of an inquiry done into the role played by Uh, uh, maybe I should say alleged role, but it is role played by two psychologists in the development of the uh, the so-called enhanced interrogation techniques used against uh, 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 terrorist suspects. Um, That is a, a formal way of saying two psychologists advised the intelligence apparatus of this country how to torture people. And um, and I think we will be dealing with the legacy of that for for some time. I think there um, uh, this, this is one of those you know sort of proverbial um, you know all sides uh, for, as far as blame is concerned. Yeah. However, um, I think the involvement of two psychologists in particular really reinforced the view for many that psychology is up to no good as far as national security issues are concerned. And and this the American Psychologist piece wasn't wasn't an attempt by me to sort of say hey we're not all bad. It was more to say that um, you as a field, you as a discipline, are responsible partially um, for um, allowing these ideas to go unchecked. The idea that um, the idea that torture in the right circumstances can elicit reliable information, the idea that psychology ought to be used in this way in times of great need. I mean, this is you know this is. Was an abomination what happened, of course, um, um, but it's also a call to say, well, do something about it. Yeah, yeah I'm... Know, be part of an endeavor to to right these wrongs. Be part of an endeavor to, uh, to, to 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 knock on the head these um, these 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 you know pathetic, stupid models of, of of profiles and radicalization that are they're just you know they. they they wouldn't withstand scrutiny uh, in, in, in in most psychological journals that I'm aware of, and um, um, and I think very often, at the risk of sounding like Star grapes, at, very often I think they, they 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 sort of they slide through uh, editorial boards of journals because uh, reviewers look at these pieces and think, well, this seems intuitive, <laughs> you yeah. know, let's 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 push it through, sure. Yeah. Um, so so uh, I think you know. Um, an ounce more effort from psychology as a discipline could potentially revolutionize the study of terrorism, Like at, if, at least from, from a psychological perspective. Yeah, like
0: even if you consider the the Hoffman report where you're where you're talking about there, If you, even if you take the research of people like Janssen or Lorraine Hope and people like that and just apply that, like that would give you a basis of understanding that shows that psychology can, does
1: have a lot to, to give. and Well, would... correct, and that, that's a critical point. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about reinventing the wheel. I'm not talking about people somehow ditching their careers and becoming, you know, terrorism researchers, God forbid. But it's about sort of realizing that, you know, somebody out there somewhere has probably done this before yeah. and if you only paid attention to it it might completely inform or challenge or support or refute what it is you're talking about in the terrorism context exactly but you, you said it earlier it's about reinventing the wheel and and there's 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 more than a few willing audiences ready to to to, to hear that yeah. and so then you you put together
0: you put together a team of of authors and articles that really gave a number of different per, uh, perspectives on what um, what the psychology of terrorism can look like, and it wasn't just. Um academics based in universities that you uh that you brought together i'm thinking of the ellison abdi piece building community resilience to violent extremism uh, both based in uh boston children's hospital could you just give a bit of insight into what this piece in particular w- was giving um if you can remember uh, it now yeah
1: gosh yeah it's been a while since i read it but i mean i you know um i've collaborated with uh the co- my colleagues at boston children's hospital in the past, and. Um, um, I mean they are they are academics who walk the walk and talk the talk. I mean they they um, they are heavily involved in community work. They're heavily involved in the development of psychosocial resources and I think you know talk about being at the right place at the right time. You know they had been interested in how communities are affected by radicalization or affected by terrorism conducted in their name uh, and 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 here's a bunch of academic practitioners, clinicians, researchers who deeply care about, about, you know, doing something here, about trying to find out, well, what is it that, 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 that does drive people into the arms of these groups? And, um, and it was a, you know, it was a, it was a great piece of research. And um, uh, I'm going to choose my words carefully. I want to say, well, it's, it's not, it's not rocket science in the sense that you know when you look at it, the, the the research that 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 Heidi and Saida did, it's the it's their bread and butter. It's the kind of research they have done a million times over with different groups in different contexts, but they um, uh, uh, made a phenomenal contribution by deciding to look at um, uh, these issues from a from a from a terrorism or national security perspective, and then suddenly, um, you know. Uh, brought brought this new perspective to it in terms of you know looking at again, it's the same issues looking at pathways, looking at experiences, looking at the role of 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 family and friends and 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 unobserved uh, spaces and all of these issues into it. but um, um, they also demonstrated that even in challenging circumstances you can collect rigorously and and professionally and and and, and ethically, you can co- collect really, really, um uh, profoundly valuable data on the radicalization process yeah
0: and they their research shows that the psychology of terrorism as well shouldn't be just looking at the psychology of the terrorist it, it needs to look at the community surrounding it at the, what they're
1: absolutely se- no no doubt about it and that is i i think i think that's one of the biggest Stumbling blocks we have failed to resolve throughout the history of terrorism. Uh, the history of terrorism studies, at least, um, uh, you know, when we when we set the participants aside and 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 try to feed the assumption that this is only about the psychology of them, that they are they must be different because of what they do. Uh, and this, this all goes back to you know the the stuff I learned as an undergrad in terms of Milgram and obedience and all of that, but. Um, I think that has been our our biggest conceptual obstacle all these years. The idea that um, um, you know they have to be different, they have to be separate, and that our actions, our writ large government actions, have nothing to do with this is, um, I mean, it's profoundly wrong.
0: No, I agree. I agree. And if you look throughout the throughout the um the special issue, uh, you do have Alison Al- and Alison dealing with that issue of torture. Um, you've got people like Kieran Sarma talking about risk assessment. Macaulay yeah, good, and That's very good piece. Yeah. yeah, I think it was great to see Kieran Kieran's piece. It was it was an excellent piece, I thought. And um, but you like you also have Macaulay and Moskalenko talking about their reactions to the criticism that they have received about their Perspectives on radicalization and how this has helped them further develop the way that they think about it as well and i think that's a hugely important thing to be able to to be see the evolution of our thinking as well and
1: oh it's critical and 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 again you know in any other area of scientific endeavor that's that's the normal stuff but Mm -hmm. but but terrorism research is often so so atomized so isolated and so cliquey you know it's about it's about to use mark sageman's term it's it's bunches of people talking about bunches of people and and sort of there is a risk that the whole endeavor is just one big circle jerk of of oh you like my research well i'm going to like your research and i'm going to cite you because you cite me and that's that's just that's that's the stagnation. Sage warned about yeah. um, that. You know, we all sort of instinctively rail against and said, "Hang on, that's not fair. We don't want to. We don't want to believe that." Yeah. Um, but on one level, uh, you know, yeah. he is right about that. And and Macaulay and Moskalenko, um, uh, you know, people sh- people should really read the second edition of Friction because yeah. it just shows that progression in their thinking between the first model, the first, um, uh, the sort of the, you know the, the the pyramid idea of radicalization to something far more. I think, far more sophisticated. And, you know, very often people will ignore the second edition mm-hmm. because they think it's just the same old thing warmed up again. It, it really isn't. Yeah. Boy, is it not as far as this book's concerned. No,
0: I, I I completely agree. And the way I finished each of the the interviews, and you've sort of preempted me here with your discussion of, Mar- of Mark Sageman's piece on the stagnation, is to ask people how they feel the area of terrorism research is at the moment. It, it comes from that article about uh, sageman saying that it was stagnant so you've intimated there about what you believe but what how do, how do you view this how do you view um the future of terrorism research and the present as well
1: oh um well you're asking me that question when we are where i live in a country which is is home to me now but yet yeah, we have an administration that is not just dismissive of, of 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 research, but is 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 you know widely um, derisive of scientific inquiry. Um, uh, I don't know where I don't know what the future brings, but um, uh, you know when Sageman came out with that argument about terrorism studies being stagnant, um, I think in some ways you know he 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 touched a nerve with people. Certainly, you know, I, I sort of instantly railed against it and said, well, that's unfair. You know, if, if you think, it were, if you think the area is stagnant, it means you're not paying attention to all of the research that's coming out there. I, I like to wear the hat of someone who, you know, is critical about terrorism research because I care about it. I mean, I care about the field. I care about the development of the field. I care about doing what is responsible for me to do to help the next generation of researchers come up through the ranks and do their thing. Um, I think, um, I think I'm both sympathetic to Sageman's argument that on some issues we are stagnant. Um, but on other issues, you know, where, where the field is flourishing. Uh, we've seen so much, uh, really good work in recent years. And some of the best work I've seen has, has, you know, has, has come from people like, um, like, like, like Gill like Paul Gill and Emily Corner and Noemi Bohana and it's um, you know these are researchers who really know what they're doing and it's on, on one level not to unfairly characterize what they're doing. It's basic descriptive work and that is that is the building block of, of, of solid scientific um, uh, uh, rigorous research on terrorism. I think we've gotten ourselves so locked into, uh, this process of trying to explain everything, we forget that the first step in any good science is describing what it is we're looking at, and so that's why I, I embrace the the recent rise in descriptive studies and think, yeah, this is, this is, this is, we're getting the building blocks here. Um, I went back to to Sageman. I've known Mark for many, many years, and I said to him privately, I said, Listen, um, I read your piece. I think I think you're I think you're way off the mark here. I think, And I think, you know, furthermore, I think you're being really unfair. You are either mischaracterizing a lot of the research or you're just willfully ignoring it. and And he conceded that his view about stagnation, is is in, in some ways this is sort of it's a dissatisfaction with the failure to address the motivation issue, mm-hmm. and so oh, that's fair enough. But but you're, you're to to characterise the entire field of terrorism studies as stagnant is 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 missing the mark, and it just sort of you know, needlessly fuels this 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 uh, this this sort of debate. So anyway, I wrote a piece with um, um, uh, my good friend and colleague Jessica Stern, and this was published in the Chronicle of Higher Education. And we basically issued a rebuttal to say, listen, we get where you're coming from, we get your 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 complaints here, but uh, you're you're off the mark, and we disagree with you. I, I think I wisely stayed out of the subsequent uh, uh, <laughs> the back special and issue of, of TPV on it, but it it was good. I mean, I I you know I I read all the pieces and read them very carefully, and thought it was it was good. It's it's a, it is a good thing for us to occasionally step back. And, and, and have these kinds of discussions. But at the same time, um, let's not feed straw man arguments. And I think I've seen so much of that in, in terrorism studies uh, of, of late, you know, uh, and, it's, and it's expressed in all kinds of simplistic questions, you know, does terrorism work? Well, you know, is the field stagnant? Well, well, come on, you know, I mean, you, you, you need to do more than just, put these sort of straw man arguments out there and uh and not support them because i just i don't think it's uh it's 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 helpful um to do that in a sort of an unqualified and unstructured way so
0: and one of the one of the areas that you can see that there is there has been criticism of of the area of terrorism research has come from critical terrorism studies and in the very first issue of their journal uh, yourself and mike boyle put forward a piece um saying why uh with your criticisms of critical terrorism studies do you how do you see their influence um on on the way that we've been thinking and the way that we've been doing research
1: um so again this this might sound unnecessarily critical i don't mean it as such i I find it very hard i guess to see the role of critical terrorism studies influence outside of outside of the uk Uh, i mean my understanding from talking to uk colleagues is that it's 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 um that influence is 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 felt um i think that i i just don't really see it here in the u.s at all Um, and we certainly could use you know a dose of it for sure i think that the issue that i had with Critical terrorism studies and um, and a lot of people there who's, who who I admire and respect personally and professionally and I think some of them see me as a, sort of this this boogeyman because I wrote that piece with Mike Boyle. I think my problem was um, my reservation was that listen why are you setting yourselves up as 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 something separate and distinct from all the rest of us? You know your concerns about. Abuses, your concern about the field, your concern about progress and stagnation and development and all of that stuff. we share those same viewpoints. but 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 this this false dichotomy of 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 critical versus, you know I mean what what am I then? I mean, am I a non-critical mm-hmm. terrorism? and and then I started hear, you know heard this phrase being used, well, well, we're the orthodoxy. well, God almighty. I just i that that drove me bananas, and I thought, listen, I, 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 as an academic, I mean, I get the intellectual importance of this kind of reflection, but, but for you to inadvertently characterize the rest of us as not engaging in this is, is false. And um, uh, I think for years, I sort of never forgave them for that, because it's, it's false. It's, it's, it's false advertising, that uh, the assumption that we don't do it. Well, if you look hard enough, we actually do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and and I would say and, I, and, and Mike and I, um, um, I haven't talked to Mike Boyle in a long time, but we had, we had a lot of fun writing that piece and we took it very, very seriously. Mm. We got um, a colleague of ours at St. Andrews, Nick Renger, who gave us some really valuable feedback uh, on that. And um, uh, I think, you know, we, we be, I haven't read the article in years and years and years, but I began it by saying um, we began it by saying, you know, listen before we get into it, we just want to say here, we welcome, we welcome your arrival. <laughs> you know, take us to your leader. We welcome critical terrorism. We welcome this kind of debate. Um, however, we're not going to let you guys off the hook because guess what? We're, we've been talking about this same shit for the last 20 years. And just because you say, it, or you imply it doesn't exist, doesn't mean it doesn't. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the one thing that, that really sort of grinds my gears about all of this stuff, which is that it's not to say that it's all been done before because it hasn't, but do your homework. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've seen these things before. We've seen them in the past, and, 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 you know, and, and there seems to be this, this anxiety of influence in terrorism studies that you know, you've got to be seen to do something new, different, Uh, special that nobody else has done and that of course you know i mean i i I get it it's 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 attractive it sells well um, it makes for great media coverage but at the end of the day there is no substitute for basic research done well theoretically informed and packaged nicely and um uh, you know, a, a piece I read recently and did a small op-ed on was uh, Scott Atran and his colleagues who did that piece of field work in, uh, in, uh, in Turkey. And I thought, what a great piece of research. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, it's um, again, I'm going to say basic, and I don't mean that in any derogatory way, but it's basic ideas, basic principles, but executed well, theoretically informed. And, and I thought, that's, that's great. That's exactly what we should be doing.
0: Uh, John, I think that's a perfect way to end today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for for spending so much time with us, by engaging with the conversation about your research and the research that influenced you. As always, for anyone who wants to... Uh, to read more in depth about uh, all any of the research that's referred to in today's in today's podcast, go on our website uel.ac.uk/teorc where there are links to all the pieces that were talked about today. I'll put a link up to the to the whole special issue, actually, not just the introduction to the special issue, because okay. I think it'll be it'll be worthwhile uh, for people to engage with. Be sure to check back in next week, where I'll be sitting down and talking to Professor Gary Lafree uh, from Start at the University of Maryland so until then have a good week and talk to you soon bye